Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for joining us again for episode number 96. We are getting so close to our 100th episode. I hope that um, you all are spreading the word about this podcast and remembering to tag Hero Habit, at Hero Habit, all one word, um, on all your social medias so, um, so that we can get into the top 10 for episode 100 next week. Like I mentioned before, one lucky person's going to get a uh, Kinks and Beatles thank you gift um, mailed to them for for uh, sharing this podcast. But you have to tag us so that we know you're doing it. So at Hero Habit. Today we're talking about My Sweet Lord. George Harrison's song released November 23rd, 1970 as a United States single backed with Isn't It a Pity? And on November 27th, 1970, as the on the album All Things Must Pass. It would later be released as a single in the UK because radio stations are playing it anyway. Uh, George was reluctant to release this as a single. Uh, and it makes sense. You know, you don't want to go on, and, and this is your first single, to be um, taking such a stance, especially back then. Uh, the B side on the British version of the single is what is life. The single mix sounds a little different than the mix we hear on the album. So if you can get your hands on an original 45 from, uh, 1970, you're going to notice some slight differences, uh, in the mix. It's the same takes and all that kind of stuff, but the mix is a little different in terms of echo and things like that. So it's a good thing to track down. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I didn't even bother looking. Um, but if you are a collector of such things, uh, it's a good one to track down for your collection. I got a, a turntable for Christmas and have been having a good time searching for Kinks and Beatles related um, vinyl. And I found a, a ton of uh, 45s the other day for George Harrison that I picked up, including like Ding Dong, Ding Dong, which we've talked about here. Uh, all those years ago, oh, there was one more I'm already blanking, but I haven't been able to track down um, in the wild this uh, My Sweet Lord 45 yet to hear the difference myself. It was a number one song around the world and was nominated for Record of the Year Grammy. It was the first number one single by a solo Beatle, and it was the highest selling single in uh, Britain the year it came out. Uh, which was actually 1971, because like I said, it was the delayed release. Uh, the song was written in late 1969. So in that period, George Harrison, along with Eric Clapton and Billy Preston, went on the road with uh, this band called Delaney and Bonnie. And I don't think a ton of people know about Delaney and Bonnie now, but um, they are kind of important for that era of rock and roll. If you ever watched Roseanne, uh, the original version of the show from the 90s, uh, her friend who was the waitress with her, I forget her name in the show, um, is Bonnie from Delaney and Bonnie. 
But Clapton and Harrison and Preston go on the road with them and tour as special guests. And during that tour, um, Harrison writes this song. He apparently goes to Delaney and asks him, like, how do you write a, a real gospel song? And to hear Delaney tell it, uh, he wrote the song and handed it to George, and George took all the credit. If that were true, um, I think George would have mentioned that in some certain litigation we're about to talk about. But uh, he had intended to write a traditional gospel song that was infused by all this Indian uh, religious stuff that he was reading about and studying and taking a part in. Because his idea was um, to kind of exemplify the fact that all these religions are basically saying the same thing. So that's why he's got Hallelujah next to Hare Krishna. Those two things do not come from the same you know, religious uh, uh, syntax, but he thought by by combining them in that way that he was making a message. Like the the point of this is to connect with God. Everything else is just, you know, our own baggage or whatever. And he also wanted us to all sing an Indian chant without really knowing what we were doing. And that's the the whole fade out of that song is just an Indian mantra. And and he's got us all singing along to it without knowing what it means, really. Um. So yeah, late late '69. It's written. They record it for "All Things Must Pass," which comes out in 1970. At the end of 1970, <clears throat> and by February 10th, 1971, Harrison slapped with a lawsuit for copyright infringement by Bright Tunes. Bright Tunes is the publishing house that owns the, um copyright to the song he's so fine by the chiffons this story this part of the story is crazy i think i'm going to talk more about it when we talk about the song this song because he actually that song is about this whole well not the whole litigation process but the litigation process to that point um and so I think we'll hit the finer details because he does reference some things uh, directly in that. But I'll give you the broad strokes. So uh, 1971, literally three months after the release of the album and the song, Harrison sued by Bright Tunes um, for infringing on the copyright of He's So Fine. The first course of action is... Harrison and Alan Klein, who's the business manager for Harrison, Lennon, and Starr at this point, and really the real reason the Beatles broke up, um, they attempt to just buy Bright Tunes, just buy the whole catalog, and then they'll be settled because Harrison would own the copyright of He's So Fine and My Sweet Lord. But Bright Tunes rejected that. So uh, it goes into actual litigation. And now in 1976, Harrison loses the case. They call it um, uh, subconscious plagiarism. They say there are enough differences in the song that he obviously wasn't just lifting it entirely. And it wasn't because harmonically his is much more complicated. And we'll talk about that in a minute. There are some aspects to his song that are much more sophisticated than than the chiffons. He's so fine. But they also said it's similar enough that. You should have known better. So that's 1976. He is asked to pay $1.6 million in damages to Bright Tunes, 
which is a significant uh, percentage of the money he made from the My Sweet Lord single and dips into the money he made from All Things Must Pass and uh, the Best of George Harrison compilation, which also had My Sweet Lord on it. So they're they're asking for a ton of money for this infringement, which a lot of people say was too much because All Things Must Pass did not sell on the merits of My Sweet Lord alone, right? It's an epic album. And one lawyer said, well, it was either a lawyer or a, a magazine. I'm sorry, I don't have the citation. They said, nobody listened to that song and then dropped the money for a three-disc expensive box set album. That album sold on its own. So, you know, they really shouldn't have got such a huge settlement. So that's 1976. During that time, Harrison fires Alan Klein. So does John Lennon and Ringo Starr. They don't want to be represented by this guy anymore. The guy's a dirtbag from every possible angle you could think of. Paul was right. Maybe they shouldn't have gone uh, with Paul's choice because it was, you know, shades of nepotism, but they definitely shouldn't have gone with Alan Klein. So Harrison fires Alan Klein and his business manager. Klein then goes to Bright Tunes and starts giving them inside information. So Harrison's lawyers make an offer and they say, we'll give you this percentage of the royalties from this song. And Alan Klein is behind the scenes at Bright Tunes telling them, no, I happen to know he made this much money off of that single. You should demand more money. So that's duplicitous uh, is the nicest possible word you could say on that one. Klein then, after he is backdoor dealing with this, goes on to buy Bright Tunes. So he actually succeeds in purchasing Bright Tunes for himself, where he failed to purchase them um, on behalf of George Harrison five years earlier. Or I don't know if it was five years, but within those five years. All right. So now Bright Tunes is owned by Alan Klein. And he, as a part of the purchase, is also entitled to any litigation rewards. So he turns around, tries to sell the song to Harrison. Right. Because he owns it now. So he's trying to sell the song to Harrison. So he's he's trying to do. As the owner of Bright Tunes, exactly what they he tried to get the previous owner of Bright Tunes to do, but at a much more inflated price. But on February 19th, 1981, 10 years after. Uh, the suit is filed almost to the day, a week, 10 years and a week. The courts decide that Alan Klein is a slimeball. And they award Harrison the rights to He's So Fine. So they give Harrison the song. Um, and then they drop the fine from $1.6 million to 587000 which was the price that Alan Klein had paid for the song when he bought the catalog in the late 70s. So not only does Harrison, he gets sued for plagiarism, and the reward is he loses... And then because his manager is such a weasel, or his ex-manager at that point, he ends up getting the uh, the penalty cut down to a third, and he gets the copyright to He's So Fine. So now he owns He's So Fine and My Sweet Lord. Um, there are other finer points to this litigation. The lawsuit would not finally conclude 
until March 1998. It started February 1971 and went till March 98, three years prior to Harrison's death. Um, so and and nearly 30 years after the suit originated. That is nuts. It is one of the longest civil cases um, ever. And it's crazy. So to the song, the song features George Harrison, Eric Clapton, Billy Preston, Gary Wright, Klaus Vorman, Ringo Starr, Jim Gordon, the entire band of Badfinger on acoustic guitars, and a few other players, not to mention the session people that recorded um, the orchestral arrangements. Uh, The song is played in F sharp minor. I'm going to play it um, down without the capo because I have no voice left. It's just a back and forth. He says he was inspired by this little light of mine. And, and that if you listen to it with that in mind, you can see where that influence came from too. Um, it's just a back and forth. E minor to A. And then he does a D. So he goes up a fourth uh, to B minor. Then back to D. And this is where it gets harmonically more creative. He does a D, an F sharp diminish, which is those naughty chords we like from George, back to E minor. My sweet Lord. My Lord, my Lord, I really want to see you, really want to be with you, really want to see you, Lord, but it takes so long, my Lord. You see some people um, cite, after he hits that F sharp diminished chord, they change chords. He's not actually changing chords. He just shifts everything up. He inverts the chord he's on. And that's it. He does that a lot with diminished chords. Everybody does. And that's about it. It's just this back and forth. It is a very gospel-y sounding song. And uh, it's a good one. Excuse me. Um, So if you... Really just take this all in. Um, This gentle song about God, his relationship with God, marred with controversy, setting legal precedent, opening up uh, uh, cases for other plagiarism cases. Uh, Ringo got sued by, uh, I forget who, for a song, Little Richard Sued the Beatles for Plagiarism. It opened up the floodgates for plagiarism suits. And because of that, nowadays, these suits get settled super quick. But it all started with this sweet, gentle song about God. It's my sweet Lord, ladies and gentlemen. If you have thoughts on this song, let me know. 925-494-1739. It's a good tune. Um... I love how it just starts with the acoustic guitars. And then when the drums kick in, it's grooving and it's fun and and it's a good pop tune. Um, But I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. 
you know, being a number one song, this is one of George Harrison's solo songs that we've probably heard the most over the course of the 50 plus years or 50 years since its release. Um, I would love if the George Harrison estate for the 50th anniversary of this did a nice remaster box set with complete stripped down remixes as, as bonus material on this. Um, like John Lennon did with the double fantasy a few years ago, because I would love to hear some of these songs and my sweet Lord in particular too, um, with just the natural guitar tones and the natural drums and all that without all the echo and reverb and, you know, thousands of overdubs. It'd be nice to hear. All right. Uh, don't forget to share this podcast all over social media and tag at hero habits so that you will be entered to win our kinks and Beatles prize pack. All right. I will talk to you guys later. Thank you again for listening. Um, have a great day. This podcast is presented by the hero habit podcast network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.